Okay, so like I don't really mess with olives. I hate olives. So this was like having a really uh, a decent pizza that that was like fifty percent olives, and me having to s- stop between every single bite to pick off the olives on the pizza, <laughs> and still being able to taste the olives on the pizza. That was season three for me. It was more trouble than it was worth, <laughs> like in a major way. Hello, everyone. This is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what was just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to. And do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the last three seasons of the hit Canadian supernatural fantasy series, Lost Girl. This series that follows the journey of self-discovery of a young bisexual succubus started off very strong. And while many other series juggled so many characters would start to founder after their first two seasons, Lost Girl kept coming back stronger and stronger with each season premiere. Lost Girl is truly an under-discussed television landmark, so we thought it only appropriate to make a discussion on this series as big as possible by inviting back our very special guests, our friends Sarah and S.E. of the Bitches on Comics podcast. Welcome! Hey. Welcome back! Hi! <laughs> Round two. If you're a GBB patron, you might remember Sarah and Essie from our Wonder Woman movie review. And if you tuned into last week's episode, then you've already been blessed with their insight and wit. If you missed that episode, pause right now and go check it out. If you're all caught up, let's jump back into the adventures of our favorite Canadian succubus. <laughs> I love that she you always make favorite. sure we know she's Canadian. I'm like, you're right. She's very... <laughs> Every now and then they'll say like, a bit. And I'm like, oh, right, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Lost Girl had a great cast, excellent writing, and a fantastic premise, but not every series with this formula becomes a hit. So what was Lost Girl's it it factor? Stay tuned. Okay, so here's some details about Lost Girls. Uh, Lost Girl is a supernatural drama and fantasy. It was created by Michelle Lavretta, and it aired from September 12th, 2010 until October 25th, 2015 on the Showcase Network for a total of five seasons and 77 episodes. The series stars Anna Silk as Bo Dennis, our succubus, Chris Holden Reed as Dyson, a wolf shapeshifter slash homicide detective and one of Bo's love interests. 
Senia Solo as Mackenzie Malakoff, a.k.a. Kenzie, who is Bo's partner, sidekick, and bestie. Zoe Palmer as Dr. Lauren Lewis, a.k.a. Karen Betty. She is a doctor and scientist for the Light Fae and the other of Bo's love interests. Rick Howland as Patrick, a.k.a. Trick McCorrigan, owner and bartender at Da Riata, the only Fae pub in town, as well as Bo's maternal grandfather. Clea Bennett, uh, the, the leader of the Ash when the series opens, um, and Inga Cadrenell as Aif, uh, a.k.a. Saskia, Bo's mother. And, of course, Tim Rosen of Instant Star fame as Massimo, um, the son of the Morrigan, who was raised by Vex. So these are some of our major players going into the back half of the season. Oh, and I forgot one more very important character. Rachel Scarston as Tamsin a Valkyrie, Dyson's partner after Hale becomes the Ash, and another would-be love interest for Bo. Let's jump into season three, 13 episodes. Take it away, ladies and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> right, so season three, I had... Okay, so if you, like, didn't already (laughs) understand, like, how, I guess, if you weren't really up on, like, the queerness of this show, I feel like it cannot be denied, like, in the season three (laughs) opener, um, in which uh, Bo is undercover at basically what is, like, I think, um, like, like your average, like, lesbian, like, porno kind of... (laughs) Uh, like the, the pink jumpsuits with the collars. Oh my, oh my god. god! Yeah, like it's like, les- it's like a prison fantasy for lesbians. Is That's where they is. <laughs> it's like your it's like your standard like les- lesbian porno prison fantasy. So like, um, I mean the jumpsuits are like their jumpsuits oh. that they're all wearing are like skin tight and like <laughs> showing cleavage, off like tons of boobs. Yeah, it's so cleavage. funny. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that that could be what prison was like somehow. <laughs> uh like the warden like has like this like riding crop that she just slaps around everywhere i was like huh like i guess like if somebody was in doubt they're no longer in doubt um they're no longer in doubt uh but it's also the first episode where lauren and Bo are like officially a thing for the first time like that's yep. a big moment they're official official this time um we love it yes season season three is this is the season of of lauren and Bo, which is nice yeah, it's nice yeah. to see them really together cute. yeah but if anyone thought they were just good friends <laughs> <laughs> Or like um, she's I don't know a placeholder you... or whatever, I guess, right? Like that's always something that comes up when people are just like, well, like she had this one relationship with Dyson and that's like, you know, what I think a lot of people would want to emphasize. And then it's just like, nope, by season three, you're just like, well, Dyson, is he still in the show? <laughs> right. He's, he's the ally. Still... He's like, I'm an ally. I'm he becomes friend. a really good ally. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> He gets his love back and he just watches Bo from afar. Um, like, fall for Lauren <laughs> so, so hard. And it's just like, Dyson, you're cool. I like you a lot more now. I like, I like you a lot more now. We love you to Dyson. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, the season opener is, does, and the season opener for the most part is really wacky and, and fun, like most of the episodes are. But 
Um, it does have this thing at the end that is like nuts. Um, the transphobic. Yeah, yeah, super transphobic, high key problematic, and it's interesting. It's like I didn't, I knew this was like a thing, and I never, I was like, I was like, that's weird. But like, if you've watched Disclosure on Netflix, which I recently have, which is really good, everybody should go watch it. Um, it really gives a a history. Um, I'm a big history person, so it gives like a really big. I guess a big history about um, trans women on screen and like their general representation on screen and what they've had throughout the years of, of from the invention of film till now and like what that means and like what and how that impacts um, real life and real discussions. But they talk about this thing about how there's like this, how the, you'll always have these stories or these lines um, in film when it comes to trans people about mm-hmm. how, oh, like where in the end they're like, oh, she's actually a man. Right. Um, Sleepaway camp, right? Like it's all just mm-hmm. like, surprise, they the, were tricking you. Tricking <laughs> and it's you. like giving you this like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, in, in a world where like trans panic, right, is like an excuse for like legally to kill people, you know, it's just like, that narrative of like, oh, they're like being tricked like the whole right. time. Right. Well, and that think... happens in the end of Lost Girl, like in this yeah. episode. It does. Out- the the bigger problem, right, is is yes, like there is a a trickiness of gender identity switcheroo here. But what the bigger problem is, right, is that this person's also a human trafficker. Like this person right. is 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 fey trafficking. And right. is the only trans representation in the entire series is treated like a man in a dress, which is the problematic trope we often see of trans women. That's why it's so fucked up when cis men play trans women in TV and film, because you're literally making that that second connection for your viewers that actually trans women are men in dresses instead of trans women are women. And, mm-hmm. and and this is it absolutely plays into all of those tropes. I, I don't know if you all saw uh, Emily Andrus wrote like a very long letter afterwards, like when there was outrage and was just like, I completely fucked up. I was using this myth, blah, 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 whatever. And it just to me, it's like it is problematic to have someone pull a switcheroo anytime around sexuality. It's problematic when that group of people is literally murdered in the street on a regular basis by members of their own community. So black trans women are being killed by black people. Uh, white trans women are being killed by white people. It's it's horrific. The The number of people who are being murdered is terrifying. And, and to have this on a TV show, it's like inexcusable, right? Like, what the fuck were you doing in that writer's room that no it's one was wild. like, this is problematic. We should like think about how we're framing this. I was just about to say that um, it's unfortunate because I didn't learn until like a couple years ago because see, I was like standing in my cishetness and not really like, you know, I have lots of friends in the community, but I don't know the inner workings of the community because I'm not like an integral part of it. And I, it was only recently that I learned that transphobia is not a heterosexual problem. It's a cis problem. And even people, cis people in the 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 gay community and the bisexual community, pansexual community can be in just as transphobic as heterosexual people. Um, mm. And I, it almost feels like, um, like who said it best? The Lulu character on Pose, you know, everyone wants somebody to feel superior to. It's incredible to me how so many people within um, the LGB community will be like, well, 
yeah, that this is our sexual orientation, but those trans people are unnatural. Um, and right. I think Paul won't let trans women participate in drag race. Yeah, like exactly. The, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. It's exactly what you said. It. it it's always hard to talk about this because I think there's so many layers of identity, but to, to me, it is again, the proximity to whiteness, the proximity to cisness that, that gives power, right? So if you are mm -hmm. a cis white male, you have the most power and, and then everyone else is a rung out from that. So gay and lesbian people in particular, and by people who are cis and buy into binaries gain so much from white supremacy, the white, the white cis heteropatriarchy, that they it is it is can be advantageous or the lie they're told is that it's advantageous to distance yourself from your trans sisters. It's the reason the HRC was adamantly anti-trans in their advocacy for so long because it was easier to have someone to be like, oh look middle America, we're not those people. We're just mm -hmm. like you. Right, and like within the framework of the episode, what makes it so poor, like really like, yee, uh, like yikes is that you, like you said, she's a trafficker, but not only that she is the, the story is she's purposefully impregnating the women and selling their children. So not only does it perpetuate this really transphobic idea of like, she's a man, but then it goes on, it goes even further to be like, and this man who quote unquote, like this quote unquote man who's trying to quote unquote trick you is then violating you sexually, right? As Which a is like the whole person. trans, mm -hmm. the trans bathroom debate, right? Like a person posing as a woman to gain spaces to women only spaces, right? It literally reifies that argument on screen. And you're just like, screen. And it's what? what it, yeah, it's like, it's really not, it's really scary. And, and it's particularly unfortunate that it happens in an episode that is very like, you know, lesbian, like for the most right. part, like it's, it's really scary. And then it's like, and then what makes it even scarier is that once Bo quote unquote is like, she's a man, everyone rallies around beating her ass. Yeah. Be like, to, like beating her, like supposedly like beating her and taking her away and like committing like a horrific violence. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, it's it's really like yikes to watch. It it's comes like, out oh. of nowhere. Where did it even come from? Every piece of dialogue on this episode, everything that transpires in this episode is pulled from like turf um talking points. Yeah, totally. Um, like all of it. <laughs> um, and, and for listeners who don't know what TERF is, that it is a trans exclusionary radical feminist. They think it's a slur. It's not I actually think it's too kind because I don't think there's anything feminist about being trans exclusionary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But um, there we go. That, 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 that the whole episode should just been called TERF Wars. I don't know. Oh my God. I, yes, it should. I think that there was like this part where she calls the um the lady a feminazi too and i was just like who is this script for like who wrote this and like it seems really alienating to a lot of the people who would like really enjoy this show so i just found it to be really baffling i was like 
you can't use the word feminazi. You can't compare feminists to Nazis. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening on this show? Um, mm. And that was way before it kind of goes into, like, left field. And, like, and it, it's something that's really interesting, too, because it didn't have to happen. It also was, like, painting the Amazons as being, like, man-haters and stuff like that, right? So then it's like, oh, it's extra ironic, you know, or something like that, which is, like, that problematic. That actually goes back to Xena. That started on Xena, Remember when they they had the Amazons on Xena and they were also painted and they were like, as like uber femmes yeah, they, and man haters. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's even in the mythology. Like that's like that's something that a lot of men did like created back in the day. Like oh these Amazons they must like hate the men and like all of that. So it's like a little bit different than what we see in something like Wonder Woman or something where it's like feminist utopia, but then like you know, will still defer to men. <laughs> um, but then in this, yeah, in this scenario, it was just like, I'm sorry, what is... But also, it's why like, would the Amazons buy into a carceral system? It like, doesn't like, make sense, just, yeah. What it's so disappointing about it, I think, is that they, they could have done something truly interesting and powerful. And again, I think what hurt so many people is this is the first time we see Bo and Lauren really affirmed on screen as a couple and we say yes this women living women couple this queer couple this lesbian and bi couple they're going to be the centerpiece of this season you know and like this thing that you've been thirsting for desperately at least me you know by season three i'm like where the fuck is my lauren and Bo moment like i want my docubus and i want my docubus right fucking now you know (laughs) and and so then it comes and you're like yes and then to have like this this unnecessary uh you know reification of a system of power that like queer people should should not be invested in prisons right like what the fuck to then take amazons who've always been this symbol of, of sort of uh you know femininity but but breaking down gender norms and femininity and then to like make them like the bad guys <laughs> and then to like have all this abuse play out on screen and all this like, you know, rape e stuff that they're trying to like queer and make like fun. And then it's like, Oh, and like, yeah, I get what you're trying to do. And then it's like, Oh, and then we'll just put a big pile of transphobia on top of that. And it's like, yeah. someone should have thrown this script away. Yeah. Yeah. Or just can't be like Lauren and Bo parts. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say, like, I'd say there's six minutes that are really good. (laughs) Like, the six minutes of this episode rule. And then, like, the rest of it, you're just kind of like, what, dude? (laughs) Like, come on. Right. I just, um, like, I don't, and, like, I, I don't necessarily hate the, the, the prison part of, because it's so, like, over the top and kitschy and like it's so clear what they're trying to do like in terms of it's like it's supposed to like model this sort of like sexual fantasy I don't even necessarily it's not re- like it's it's clear that the show it's not real or like it's trying to call back this this other aspect of like sex culture not necessarily like the prison industrial complex so that so that I don't hate that but like that ending is so yikes like I don't want to like beat on a dead horse, but like for our listeners out there, there's a reason why I feel so strongly about this. This is like, because I'm old enough to remember when this exact propaganda was used against gay people. When, um, you know, if a gay person was exposed, the mob would beat up on you 
or um, in some cases try to do things like corrective rape. I'm old enough to remember TV advertisements that would, um, you know, admonish and like beg people to be careful about who's in the locker rooms. You don't want your daughters in these locker rooms with these lesbians and you don't want your sons in the locker rooms with these gays. Like these were the exact same weapons used against gay and bisexual and pansexual people before they were weaponized against trans people. You didn't, um, you know, destroy any systems of oppression. You just transferred them to someone that you felt was worse than you or didn't deserve the same rights as you. I'm, I, I feel this episode is so disgusting to me because I feel it was written by TERFs for TERFs no, I mean, that's like great stuff to be upset about. I think that that is kind of the thing, right? Prioritizing uh, cis lesbians over trans lives a lot of the time. So we get to see that really, really active in this episode. I, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold us all to being thoughtful about how we refer to Bo because Bo is not a lesbian now that she's in a relationship with a woman. Bo is still right. bisexual. And that's actually really important because bi people, we get erased a lot when we are in relationship with whatever the perceived gender might be of our, our coupling. So cis, bi, and lesbian people. Yes. Right. Fucked Thank up. Let's, let's hold them to it. Let's hold them to it. Let's not give them an L, but let's label them right. You know, let's like honor no, their- No, no, you're absolutely choices. right. Yeah. But after that, season three, uh, for the most part, <laughs> is fine. Uh, we So season three sort of gets back into this rhythm of like very episodic. Every There's a lot of like different things happening. Uh, until we... The gang kind of breaks up, right? Like, everybody's, like, more diffused from one another now because Dyson's hanging out with Tamsin, his new partner. Um, uh, Hale is the Ash now. Uh, Kenzie is kidnapped and no one notices. Notices. (laughs) Which is horrible, but, like, so on brand. Bo is dating Lauren. You know, like, everybody's kind of broken up now in a different way, which is, like, an interesting... I kind of like when TV shows, like, that season, where they're like everybody's far away from each other i think it makes you deal with like the individual characters a little bit but it does change the rhythm of the series it does you're right and speaking of tamsin yes so we're introduced to tamsin dyson's brand new partner played by uh rachel skarsden who is wonderful the the wonderful rachel skarsden what a talented actress um i've seen her here she's on i've also seen her on like Rain. She was the best part of the Batwoman pilot oh, for me. The best, she's the best part of the whole Batwoman series. She destroyed yeah. several. <laughs> yes, I, and yes. I was like, I was not gonna. I I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just all <laughs> I was gonna say was that she's the best part of the Batwoman pilot. Um, she's what was on Rain on the CW, which we'll be talking about next season. Um, and she's great. She's a great TV actress. She always like really attacks and, and, and nails everything that she does. Um, even the series, which I think she's so good in Lost Girl because um, rewatching, I was like, oh, wow. Like I really see the difference between uh, season three Tamsin and like season like four, not season. When does she die? Um, oh yeah, like Five. season three and yeah. Oh no, she has, she's, she's a child in season four, but, um, right. She dies at the end of season three. And so she has to be rebirthed as like, and they're all dealing oh, with like oh, right, 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 right. teenage Tamsin. Um, but, uh, and she's, 
And she's really different in season four and season five. So like she really does make these big personality shifts and changes and she does great things, I think, with her physicality and she's she's really great. Um, but her her initial introduction is is amazing <laughs> and she's awesome. So I I've said up front that I am not a, a Bo and Lauren stan, but um when Tamsin is introduced, it like it's electric. I was like mm. This though, this, um, it, it was, it's electric between all three of them, which is like really, I, I remember thinking like, oh, like what, how is this going to go? Because she has like a, a rhythm with Dyson and then she also has like a really specific like rhythm with Bo. And I was like, this, this is it. Why couldn't I have gotten this? <laughs> but, um, Why can't we just get this mutually satisfying love square? I was like, this is something I'm, I'm feeling, but, uh, mm-hmm. but she's great. She's, she's your typical sort of like brassy, like really mean, not mean, but like, uh, spitfire, like kind of a bitch. And she's like, impressed by Bo, right? Like the thing is everybody fawns over Bo all the time. They're just like, cause I mean, Bo's a fucking Betty and she has great boobs and they're everywhere all the time. Like, of course you're going to be like, if I'm attracted to boobs, I'm very distracted by this amazing human, you know, like I get it. But Tamsin's like, I don't, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I want to understand like, what's the deal with this succubus that everybody thinks is perfect. And it's just, and then, you know, she, over the seasons is like, oh, which I love. I just think it's so cute to see someone go from like, I am antagonistic to like, I love you. Right. <laughs> I always, uh, that's always, yeah, same. I always, particularly like when the ethos of the show is like, everybody has to love this one particular character. It's always nice when you have one, somebody new that comes in that's like, eh, like you're whatever. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. and it's also fun to watch Bo be like, why doesn't she like me? <laughs> She doesn't seem to initially be under the bow spell made me want something between them more because yes. it almost feels like none of Bo's partners would would really be that attracted to her if she wasn't Faye and she didn't have this compelling mag- like supernatural magneticism about her. Mm. Definitely. I think there's an argument there to be made. I also like Tamsin because um, she's so... Like, I think being a Valkyrie is really cool. Like, I like the mythology of the Valkyries. Like, there's some problematic aspects. But I I, I like that, like, her her superpower is intimidation. Like, how cool is that? I mean, if you're Black, probably not. Because they think that just us fair. existing is intimidating. <laughs> fair. Fair. But I was thinking for a small white lady. But it's a good point. It's a good point that, yeah, it's not a good gift for everybody. <laughs> Like they'll be like Emily Breeze. <gasps> I'm scared. Can you keep your oh like God. your tone right now? Your tone. Okay, that's not exactly how her power works. So it would be like that. Oh my God. No, it is intimidation is cool. a bad way to describe it. But like you know, it's on the battlefield and like her weird. Like she gets you know kind of a uh, grotesque the way her face looks. Like I really yeah. like that. Like I think it's it's cool the way they execute it. But yes, good point. There are problematic <laughs> implications depending on what you look like. <laughs> okay, so okay, so there is one thing I want to talk about. So there's an episode where. There's like this alligator fay, and and there's like an issue with like under fay or, or something, um, in season three, 
he's an alligator because his coat is like an alligator, but like it's done up so that he looks like like he's from like the 1700s or something. And like he has a southern accent. Like, don't like glorify like plantation owners. That's weird. You're Canadian. Yeah, they they really had me my interest at Alligator Fay because I live in Florida. So I was like, what is this? This sounds messy and That's interesting. Right. But then they like made it super messy. And I'm messy. Just like, I was like, no, no. I was just like, that's weird. You're Canadian. That, that's all. That, that's all I have for that. Um, I like the entrance of the kitsune that like kidnaps uh, uh, Kenzie and takes her identity. But like, okay, so this is actually the one of two shows that that featured this kitsune, which is um, like a Japanese supernatural fox paranormal entity. On Lost Girl, it's like evil, but on Teen Wolf where it's featured via a Japanese character, it's not. And I just want to, like, tick off tick off the box of casual racism um, that's featured in Lost Girl with this Kitsune yep. character. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I mean, you're getting at, like, with those two examples of the Fae, I think that is continually, if there's a running problem in Lost Girl, it's using other cultures as props and using these under Fae to, do, to deal with stereotypes and things and just, like... Stop it. Just like, it, it, just enjoy your own culture. Why do you got to take from everybody else's culture? Oh, right. Because you're white and you think everything belongs to you. Right. It's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's just weird. It's just weird. Doesn't, it doesn't, and it doesn't add. It's not like, I don't think it's as special as they think it is. Right. Like, like <laughs> what, what was the point? What was the purpose? What was the purpose? It doesn't, do, it doesn't do anything to illuminate anything. Um, so the other big thing I think that happens in season three, I guess, is, uh, the dawning. This is another, <laughs> I love this show. This show's so This goofy. is like the Garuda. The dawning the is like the Garuda, where the, you're just the, like, all you do is say this word 50,000 times and I don't know what it means. And then it's gone. It, it is exactly like the Garuda. It is exactly like the Garuda. It's like something that was not mentioned for like eight episodes. And then suddenly on episode <laughs> nine, they're like, the dawning, the dawning, the dawning. Here's this, here's this giant thing we never told you about. Told you about. It's like, really dangerous. We're late, so preparing. let's... <laughs> We're late, so let's just mention it over and over again so you, we can pretend like this was always part of the foundational story. <laughs> and then when it happens, when the when the when the thing actually happens, it's like, eh, like it's just one of those like it's one of those like uh, goofy, um, psychedelic episodes of like you know those dream. Well, it's one of it's like one of those dream state episodes uh, that that's so popular in this type of genre. Um, and then Dyson goes in to help her. So it's not like she's not even really doing it on her own. Like he goes in to like, cause he doesn't want her to like fail. Cause also the thing about the dawning is that it starts explo ex exploring or like it starts exposing. Sorry. Yeah. That's the word. It starts, it, it starts exposing all these plot holes that the show has. Like they talk about the dawning and like D Dyson's like, I was 2000 years old when I did the dawning. I'm like, wait, yeah, how old are these people? <laughs> like, 
I mean, we knew that Dyson was old, but the show definitely led us to believe in season one that he was a few hundred years old and not several thousand. Thousand, yeah. (laughs) It was like, huh? Like, the math is just not adding up right now. The math is all off. Um, no, I well, think because the, 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 then like the Blood King Wars or whatever, right? Like, is this when we start hearing about those two? And like, yeah. you're like, how does how does this timeline work? Mine and it's like works. magic. It's Faye. <laughs> like, it just does yeah, like, magic. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But if no one has an age, if everyone, if no one has an age, then like, why are we even keeping track of that? Because like you have, because like they're trying to make it central to the plot, like, or or now it's like it's it's part of the plot, like it's 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 important to the story now. That's why. So now it's like, now we got to keep track of it. We're trying to we're trying to have a general understanding of something. Um, well, we can't all be the good wife, can we? I just I'm not even asking for the good wife. I'm just like you know, look at. I hate to keep bringing up Buffy, but like. Look at I, I I'm just like look at other shows in like this sort of genre who like understand world building like or who who built out their world in like a proper way. Um, I think one of the big things in, in terms of world building, specifically and this is on television, is that you got to have the same rules and you can't like. I think what happens is that like people make rules for their world, and then as situations change, they want to like break them, right? Because right. now, like, you, but, like, no, you can't do that. I think that's the key. You cannot break your, your rules. You have to really, if you're going to break your, your world rules that you've set up for this world, like, they have, you have to have, like, a really, 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 really good reason. You can't just do it all willy-nilly. Or you can just play it safe, and once the rule was established, you should have alluded, hinted at a loophole from Jump. You can't you can't put the rule out as unbreakable and then break it. <laughs> right. Like there it can't be there can't and that's see, that's a thing though. But like even then it's like they I think people always want to have some like do sex machina to break the rule, right? Like mm-hmm. later on in the seasons. I think you have to I think you really do just have to stick to your, whatever rules you've made. Cause when I if I think about it, I can't really think of a show that like alluded to the like the rules that they were going to break later on in seasons but there seemed to be there do seem to be like a bunch of hard fasts and they stick to them no matter what and if like some shit then they usually like the good shows use that rule to then inform this thing that they want to do but like you can't you, you can't just break your rules or else it, it right. falls apart really quickly. Well, Bu- Buffy's kind of an interesting uh, TV show to bring up in that context because they do break their rules. Because Angel is supposed to be the only uh, vampire with a soul, right? He's the only one who's ever gotten one. It happens because of a curse from the Roma. And then Spike goes and gets himself a soul. So it's but- interesting as an example because I think it maybe is um, it breaks a rule, the rule in a way that like proves it almost. But then, like, think about when Spike got a soul, though. Spike doesn't get a soul till season six. It's season, like, yeah, the, it's like the last seven. minute of season six. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They yeah, did not sure, sit out sure. here and were like, season three, Spike's getting the soul. Let's go. Like, you know, 
Souls for everybody. Souls for everybody, babe. Like, no, they stick to those rules. They're like, no, this is this is what we do. This is what can happen in this universe. And And I agree with Essie though that that when Spike gets a soul, it does prove the rule as opposed to just breaking the rule flat out. Exactly. And it's a big fucking deal, right? Like, they don't just treat it like, oh, he's got a soul now, back to normal. It's, like, a problem. And then when Spike goes back to Angel, I know you all just did your Angel episodes, when he appears on that show, it becomes, like, this funny running joke, right? Like, what are what are the myths about? Are the um, prophecies? Are they about you? Are they about me? Are they about you? Are they about me? Because we got two <laughs> vampires with souls. And, like, so it becomes important and significant that the rule has been broken, not like a happenstance, oh, we'll explain it away later. <laughs> Teen <Right>. Wolf TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, problematic. But uh, what do we think about season three, you guys? Good, bad, or basic? I'm going to give it a basic. <laughs> but I enjoyed a lot of parts. I'm going to give Tamsin a good. I'm going to give Kenzie a good. <laughs> and everybody else gets a basic. <laughs> Um, I think that I like Lauren a lot and I liked Dyson more this season than I ever have. Kinsey was a lot of fun to watch as always. I'm going to have to give it like a good basic. <laughs> like it's a little <laughs> bit of both. It's good and basic. Um, and there's a lot of things I didn't like. It's like, it's also hard to name a, a favorite episode of this season because I felt like, all of them were kind of a hodgepodge. Like there was no single episode where I was like, that's awesome. Like it was basically just like, I liked, you know, 12 to 15 minutes of a lot of these episodes um, and not 45 minutes of any of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I was kind of all over the place. I liked a lot of the concepts. I liked the ideas. Um, Yeah, it was good and basic. Like there were things I loved. I love, I I do ship Lauren with like Bo a little bit um, just because I think that she was like a really, uh, good reasonable partner to a polyamorous person you know like somebody who's like going for monogamy in her own life but I think that she really supported Bo pretty well in a lot of this and Bo was Um, like very I think mostly um you know like I, I I don't think that Bo should have to change who she is as a person and I don't think that like Lauren really felt that way either so I think that um you know, there was good. Like, there was a lot of good stuff to it. I thought that the relationships were intriguing. So that's, that's what I would a, Those are with. good points. Those are really good points. I do like Lauren and Bo. I think they're, like, a good couple. I just, they're not, they're not my favorite couple. I'm like, yes, I think this is actually probably a good match. And, you know, like, you, you seem to understand each other. But, God damn it, I just want Tamsin and Bo together so bad. <laughs> I think I, uh, Lauren desol- deserves all the great things. Because, like, Lauren is just such a good person. Like, when when Bo is, like, trying to be monogamous with her and, like, she's, like, bleeding internally, right? Because she can't really feed on Lauren the way that she needs to to heal. And then she hooks up with Dyson. And then she just comes out and tells Lauren. And Lauren's, like, really chill about it. Like, that's... That's a gold standard of a person because I would not have been like super <laughs> chill about that. I love like, how all of the time they'll just call her with something totally bonkers and she goes, okay. <laughs> like, I 
love that like yes. her responses yes. to everything. And I think that like, I mean, it's just basically like in real life, would that work as a matchup? Probably not, but maybe. But then it's also like there's just something so entertaining about their interactions with each other that it's like, I don't necessarily need them as a love match. I do like it, but I don't always, it's like, I won't be heartbroken, you know, or something if like they weren't together, but I just, it's like their interactions are just so, so fun to watch because it's always (laughs) somebody just throwing the most bonkers thing you've ever heard, like right in Lauren's face. But then Lauren has all of her secrets, <laughs> such as Karen Betty, which is the funniest name I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> and the fact that she was like weather underground, basically, <laughs> like she was like out here setting pipe bombs and shit as like a teenager. <laughs> I was like, what? And so like, I don't know. <laughs> there was a lot of things. I, I as I think that Lauren might be like my favorite other than Kinsey. Like they're kind of like neck and neck for me for favorite characters on the show and this was like the season for them like there's a bunch of really cool stuff with both of them so that was kind of what like kind of carried me through and Dyson being like less of a jerk I think really when Dyson goes to therapy like for real I'm so proud of him I know there was so many times where I was like wow it's like after after the first two seasons I think Dyson gets to be a really great character and he's good before but here's where he starts to really come into his own and he starts to like put other people ahead of him and you know doesn't it's like it's not just all about his thing you know anymore <laughs> like he kind of can like let go and let it be you know on Bo and you know he's friends with Lauren here I mean there was just like a lot of things that I thought were really nice about this season I, um but yeah it, it kind of struggled with like complete episodes for some reason Right. I thought this episode, this season was basic. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> there were morsels of it that I liked, but for me, this season was kind of like, okay, so like, I don't really mess with olives. I hate olives. So this was like having a really, uh, a decent pizza that, that was like 50% olives and me having to s- stop between every single bite to pick off the olives <laughs> on the pizza and still being able to taste the olives on the pizza. That was season three for me. It was more trouble than it was worth, like, in a major way. Because all these characters, besides Tamsin, who just got introduced this season, all these characters more or less continued these great arcs after season three. And they were on the precipice of great arcs. And they were great characters to watch before season three. And season three was just problematic. Yeah. I couldn't do that. So, yeah, I'm with Alex. It was basic and not in the basic way that I generally like. (laughs) So season four, um, first of all, I just want to say really quick, in season four, the episode Waves, episode 10, is directed by Director X, which I think is so cool. Director X, like, worked on The Lemonade. Uh, He did the Rihanna Work video. Uh, He's a very prolific music video director. He's done, like, all your favorite music videos. So I think that's funny that he directed an episode of this show. Because I keep, I always forget that, like, he's Canadian. Um, Right. I saw that and I was like, Hype Williams needs to get on this train and get that money. Get <laughs> needs to get these TV directing money. Um uh so season four we pick up with uh in memoriam where we are, where so in the season three finale, Bo has been like spirited away to uh, another dimension because she's trying to find her dad, because there are big sort of apocalyptic implications about her parentage why is this succubus so strong yes 
Exactly. And, you know, Bo, she's going to find out. She's she's about it. That's what she does. She goes off and she's 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 off. And we start off and, like, nobody remembers who she is. In fact, like, it's actually really fun to see what life is without Bo. Uh, it's a very Kenzie-centric world, actually. Until the spell is sort of lifted and everyone remembers, oh, Bo is gone. We should, like, go and find her. And that's how we kick off. The opener has, like, a a very uh, cute, albeit uh, not particularly good CG uh, cameo by George Takei. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is, like, delightful. Anytime, like, George Takei is in something that's genre and gay, you're just like, oh, full circle. It kicks off this whole what will be the big plot of season season four, which is, you know, making sure that Bo doesn't end the world, nor does like her dad. Um, and we're gonna find out who's Bo who Bo's dad is. So at least it's good. At least we're starting off the season like, hey, we have a plan. How we get like how it resolves is, uh, but we have a plan. Um, we find out that Bo somehow along the way has become Dark Fae. Uh, she's signed over to the Dark somewhere, and like they have to like retrace this her steps to figure out like why she did that because she doesn't remember that like she had signed over to the Dark. Also, so something in particular I want to talk about in season four is a is a very special race episode. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called Lovers Apart. It's the third episode in the season, and uh, it's interesting. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's jump into it. <sighs> also, I forgot that like Marie Laveau was like in an episode this season, and I was like, why? <laughs> that was another like why did you do that like what was the point like what was the reason you could have just left black people alone so but let's talk about lovers apart so lovers apart is an episode where dyson has very freshly like rescued Bo from like the train or wherever she was being held um they get to this like house or whatever and the house is like haunted or like people keep there's there's an entity that's trying to kill everybody if they come outside the house and we find out that this entity is like a black woman. We, and she's killing all the nice white people in the house because (laughs) she can't like marry her slave or her boyfriend. Who siempre bruja (laughs) the prologue. No, but seriously, I'm tired of shows showing black enslaved women going above and beyond to be with their um their master slash boyfriends it's really disgusting on Mm -hmm. numerous levels because you notice because like you notice how like that doesn't work in reverse like they don't write (laughs) like you know like seriously like you know like there's no like random ass white slave master who's like desperate to be black not who's desperate to be back with his like whatever like slave like beyond victim? the power implications his, his his victim victim yeah like basically basically there he's not like oh like she was the love of my life and i'm racing to get back to her it's never 
like the black women who are that in that narrative, right? It's always the black women who are desperate to get back to them. It's like, Ugh. let's talk. Like, why? Why? Yeah, I'm why? Just, right. Because it's, it's bigger than the relationship. It, low key, you have this woman who's actually glamorizing slavery. Slavery yeah. is the reason why her relationship exists. Slavery is the dynamic under which the relationship exists. Yeah. And I don't even want to touch how... You cannot have a consenting relationship when one person is being held hostage and the other person is literally holding the key to their freedom. Thank you. <laughs> you can't. It's not possible. I don't. Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings wasn't consensual either. For those of y'all romanticizing no, that relationship, that's not, that's not love. That's rape. It's an ongoing right. thing, right? It happens in, across media. It happens tons and tons and tons in like fan fiction and stuff like that. You'll oh, just be. God, yeah. Going through a nice little read through the like archives of, <laughs> you know, various fan fiction sites, and you just it, there's no uh, trigger warnings or anything. Like they just kind of pop it out at you, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's there's no excusing that narrative. That's just something that is uh, so abhorrent because of all of the reasons that you just said <laughs> and it's just like it's gross storytelling on top of it all I mean it's just yep. like it's a bad relationship and you're trying to turn it into a love story it's like very uh, very awful like there's I, I would agree that there is just no way to um you know, you can't see outside of that in a way to be like, oh, well, it was like this or that. It's basically just like, no, that's, there's nothing to that other than just sheer white supremacy, pretty much. So, yeah, it's white magical thinking, right? Like this, this sort of um, uh, sexualization of, of enslavement, this sort of like, ooh, there could be, you know, it's just people, just people trying to connect, you right. know, like, what, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, just, yeah, that's all like a lie, basically. I think that it doesn't Stitch write about this a lot. Like, there's the writer Stitch, um, oh, and yeah. I believe that mm -hmm. she's written about like this, this dynamic in fan fiction as it, as it appears. And, uh, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's really bad. Right. Yeah, and it's... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was just like, yeah, it's bad. It's just bad. And then when... So then in the episode when she's trying to... When she... It's like... And then it's worse because then, like, it's like once she's... Her spirit is freed to go find this white man. It's like, oh, isn't it so great? And I'm like, is it? Is it though? No. <laughs> is it? Because I'm sure that it's actually terrible. It's just like, oh, well, this person was like deceived into thinking, you know, because it's like there's no there's no way that she even it's like they're trying to give her so much autonomy in this. And like they're trying to be like, no, it's like a consensual thing. <laughs> like it really is. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's not. There's nothing that like they can say in the narrative that would make it be right. So I want to talk about Le, Le Fay Epoch, probably my favorite episode of the season. Uh, my favorite episode of the show. <laughs> so fucking queer and so gender fluid. <laughs> so gender fluid. So uh, Bo, um, like Dy Dyson's in trouble again. I think that's what happens. Dyson's yeah, Dyson's accused of a, a murder uh, back in like the it's Moulin Rouge or I don't do yeah. uh, dates very well. Uh, so like back in Moulin Rouge days. Yes, I love that. Back in Moulin Rouge days. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they have to and she has to go into his mind to try to find 
to try to figure, oh no, they're trying to get the hell's shoes. But they don't know that's what they're doing yet. Because oh, this is what okay. they find out about the hell shoes. Oh, okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. In the, in right, the, yeah. right. I'm a little obsessed. So, uh. no, I love this episode. It's so great. <laughs> it's like, to me, this is like the, the prime example of what this show can do. So, if like, I'm like, you know, if someone's like not sure if they want to watch it, I'm like, just watch this one episode. Like, I don't care if you watch any of the rest of the show. Just watch this weird ass episode you will barely understand, but you will enjoy because everyone's very horny and very attractive. <laughs> right. So, they go. So, Bo goes into Dyson's mind and to try to figure out like who did he kill or not kill. So we get to see, um, so it, it works like most of these, this is another like typical genre type of this episode of like, you're going to someone else's mind and it's going to be this different story, but we're going to use characters that you already know to like tell this story. Um, so it's, it's telling sort of Dyson's adventures uh, back when he was, uh, you know, in Moulin Rouge times. And uh, it's so fun. <laughs> I was like unprepared for how freaking fun this episode is. And it's it's Bo as Dyson, but then Lauren and Dyson also show up as other people in Dyson's memory. And it's this madcap adventure and it's great because like, as you said, it's, it's really fluid. Um, one, because you're having, uh, this idea of, uh, of Bo as Dyson, but then Lauren is there as, um, Dyson. Lauren is there as like Dyson's girlfriend, paramour person that he's into, but then Dyson himself is also there as, uh, some other person that I can't remember now. Uh, I'm failing. My notes are failing. No, me. Dyson. Dyson is Dyson, and oh, Bo is, Dyson. is Dyson too. So when Bo looks in the mirror, she sees Dyson. But when we look at Bo, we see Bo. Okay, that's what it is. I was like, I remember. I was like, wait, did they? I can't remember. It's very like. Um, it's cool because it's like they bring their bodies together, and then like there's this point which I deeply relate to as a non-binary person where Bo noticed she has a penis. Cause she's, she's a Dyson. <laughs> and she's right. like, Oh, Oh, I'm having sex with a woman. And this is very different yet. The same. Oh, uh, and she's just like, so happy. It's really cute. It is. It's really cute. And it's, it's just, it's a great episode. Um, because the whole, so now like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like a great episode, that's all. I really like it, and it's fun. It's like this madcap adventure. And I like when shows, because this reminds me of, again, to go back to Buffy, the musical episode, that, you know, it's like such a silly framework, but then something really important to the plot and serious happens, right? Like, that's when we find out, or when her friend, when Buffy's friends find out she was in heaven, not in hell. And this is where we learn about the hell shoes, which end up being incredibly important through the rest of the uh, the episode or the season, certainly, and like into the next season, I believe. There's still like a, a, a important aspect of how Bo navigates like the big bad of the final season. Right after this, it's like I think Rainer comes back, this mysterious person from the train who got Bo to, like, sign over to the dark. He finally, like, appears. 
he's the traveler, right? And so, like, up to, like, there, I don't remember what, maybe season two, maybe it was just last season, the concept of the traveler comes up, and the traveler wants Bo, right? Like, has been looking right. for Bo. And Bo. everyone's like, Bo, the traveler's your dad, man. And then there's, like, a weird storyline where, like, he's your dad, but he wants to marry you. And then She's this like, is the season weird. where they, they kind of tease it out, and they're like, no, actually, the traveler is one person, and your dad is another person. Right. And the traveler like- is Rainier. Right, because, like, they they were, and it was last season. This is why this show is so goofy, because it really was. They're like, the Traveler's your dad, and then it's like they decided, no, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> so they're like, the Traveler is just the Traveler. Yeah, that's it. That's like, they're like, oopsie. <laughs> we're just not going to do that. So oh, God, sorry. this show. I lied to you. We just, whoopsie. <laughs> sorry. Um, Rainer's hot, though. That's that's the point. That's what I wanted to say. Rainer's very good looking. Shout out I- to Rainer. I think this is also the season because this is we're talking about season four, right? But yeah, so this is the season where there's like a point where uh, Dyson and Lauren are like, "We both love you," and Lauren's like, "I choose Rainer," (laughs) and everyone's like, "What the fuck? You do what now?" (laughs) Right? Because they, yeah, they both like came. Dyson and Lauren finally come to like a really chilled out, like just detente with with them yes, with, with yes. themselves and like they're just like okay this is it's fine and then Bo's like oh no yeah I'm gonna marry Rainer and they're like sorry what like run that back like I did not like, just we go were through okay all this with emotional one of us. turmoil <laughs> yeah they're like we made a deal that you would choose one of us <laughs> like I just emotionally like did a lot for you <laughs> like you could at least that's and bow. that, kids, is a lesson on not feeling owed by your romantic partners. Hell yeah. I love that. I, I I remember feeling like I felt what they felt, like very robbed. Like as a viewer, I was like, oh. And then I was like, good for you, Bo. Do what you want. <laughs> like you don't owe them shit just because they were both in the pilot. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> I felt for them. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I understand. I understand how you feel right now. You just, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should have gone with Kiara or Sikira. Maybe you should have called her back <laughs> up, tried to work things out. <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. She wouldn't have, she would have never done this to you. <laughs> nope, never. Um, but uh, this year, the season ends with, um, with Dark Horse, and this is, like, the big... Now, this is, like, the big, like, Bo is going to find out who her dad is. Slash Bo... We have to prevent Bo from, like, being possessed by her dad so that she doesn't kill everybody. That makes sense, I promise, if you watch it. And... It really... It, it's, like, shockingly does make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... And and Kenzie dies. Kenzie dies. That hurt my heart. She's like the only character on the show that I'm truly attached to. So that really hurt my heart. Also, Hale dies. I was going to say, I was pretty upset when Hale died. So let's talk about Hale's death for a minute. Oh, God. Yeah. Because it's also another really ugly thing that happens in the, the, the course of the season. So Kenzie, like all season, has been trying to finesse... Um, like Faye Powers from Massimo because she's been feeling more because more and more she's feeling inadequate, right? And I guess she she remembers 
how it felt to be the center um, from in memoriam in the beginning of the season. And she's just feeling really like, what do I do here? What is it like? What, what is my purpose now? Which I feel is organic for her character. I don't really hate that. Like that makes sense to me, but um, so through this, like, like sorting to finesse powers from Massimo, she builds up a debt and she owes him a debt. Right. And at first she, you know, finesses it and gets him to fuck off. Uh, that does not last very long because then Massimo comes and then murders Hale. And let's talk about it because it's, it's ugly for Hale, but it's ugly for the Kenzie character as well, because there's a, they frame Kenzie as like this really, it, she acts so out of character um, when it all happens. And the way that the show shoots it and frames it is concerning to me because she, they like, she's in her underwear, like, and he, she's, he's very like brutally violent, like in a way that seems as if it's meant to like disempower the, the Kenzie character, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But but Hale is is brutally murdered, and that sucks. And it feels racial because he's sort of been he's not he's sort of been he is he's the token black guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he's murdered, it's like oh, and he's murdered for the sake of like um, pushing the Kenzie character forward. So Ugh. that's so that's the first thing that happens, and it sucks. And then they but then they go on to like put on this like physical violence that almost feels sexual that that also feels like kind of sexist and gross yep do you guys remember that thoughts on oh i remember when i first watched that hail die i was like this can't be real like he has to come back he's one of the only truly like like what I want for Kale or for Kale, that's what I just called Hale and Kenzie. Oh, they're couple names. Yeah, Kale. What, what I want for Kale is for them to leave all of these people and go have their lovely romance somewhere else. Or for Hale to leave all of these asshole white people and go have his own beautiful life. And it just sucks because it does feel like such an unnecessary like what does it do other than push Kenzie off the show for a little bit just to come back to die. And, and that feels unnecessary. It just didn't, uh, I mean, Hey, I'm not here for black characters dying to save white characters. A B I, it just feels so disappointing when there was so much potential there. I'm going to be honest with you. I never get attached to white characters or, or, or black characters on majority yeah. white shows because I always feel this trepidation of something like this coming. And it Absolutely. always fucking comes, whether whether now or later. And like the later it comes, the worse it is, actually, the worse you feel. But I mean, I can rattle off all the shows, the um, Kendra from Buffy, um, Lincoln from The Hundred, <laughs> Hale yes, from Lost yes. Girl. The the later it comes, the worse you feel, and it's always this. It's they're never building up this black person for happily ever after. I'm honestly surprised the Bonnie character survived TVD, but like she went through death by a thousand cuts to 
get to the place where she ended up right, at. Right, right, She <laughs> several times to live. <laughs> so right. it's like a different kind of fucked up way of having that trope play out. You know, it's so much anguish on screen for her. It's terrible. But yeah, I mean, she does get to survive. But it's just, it's so, you know, they make this joke in horror films, right? Like, oh, the black character's gonna die. And it's like, why are you pretending this is horror films? Like, this is like all of our media that's white dominant, like you were saying. It's like, right. uh I, I, was I mean, it doesn't happen in all horror. Kelly Rowland survived um, the return of, of Freddie, and uh, Ice Cube survived Anaconda. Good points. Oh, and uh, <laughs> LL Cool J survives Deep Blue Sea. Yes. There See? we go. We got three. We go. It actually, it actually <laughs> happens more in like genre fiction, like supernatural fiction and dystopia, than anywhere else. I would agree with that. Sarah, thoughts. I like Hill a lot, and I miss him as this the show wraps up, like, over the last bunch of episodes. Um, it sucks because, as you say, they the later it comes, right, you know? Um, but at the same time, even from the beginning, you see how he's positioned in this narratively loose place where it's like they could kill him at any point, and it would have emotional repercussions, but it wouldn't you know, deter the show in any way. Um, so I feel like they, it's like almost even from the beginning, he's set up in this way that's like very precarious. So I think that as, as awesome as that character is, like I understand when you say that you were <laughs> feeling nervous about him um, and not, you know, emotionally being like, you know, I'm going to be upset when this happens because it is going to be upsetting and you've just like come to see it so many times. Right. But that's how it is with this character. Like, you could tell even from the beginning, he's kind of, you know, being kept in this, uh, like, emotional space where it's like, we could lose him, you know, narratively, always. So, I don't know. It sucked. It really did suck. I liked him and Kinsey. I wish that his narrative didn't get sacrificed to that. Um, but I think that they were really fun. I enjoyed them like when they were in their flirty time and would just kind of always be like banter, banter, banter. I loved the banter. Um, but yeah, it sucked. The Krampus I mean, episode is like, they're so, so cute good. The Krampus episode. Love That's that. the thing is, is like, why couldn't that just be developed or like, why couldn't you like give him more of his own arc? Like, just there's so much about it where it's just like, yeah, you guys really did fail that character, unfortunately. I wish you didn't, but like it's kind of one of the glaring uh, failings of the series, I would say, overall. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that and the the very special race episode and the very horrific um, transgender uh, assassination episode would probably be like the three we can do without, right? Yeah, and I think that, too, like, mm -hmm. Hale, like, his treatment overall, right? Because you kind of are on this arc, like, from even the beginning. It's like he has a fairly prominent role, but it's not so prominent that he can't be, like, cut loose. And therefore, I think that by doing that, they fail his character, too, right? So, like, with Hale, it's, like, an ongoing thing, like, throughout the series. And then with those, it's like, here's this one, especially, you know, it's like, the trans episode or like the horrifically transphobic episode is probably a better way to put that. Like that episode is one moment, right? So it's like a lot easier to just kind of brush over it in your grand total view of the series. Cause it's like all of the series that we watch have that, right? Like where there will be an episode where we're like, eh, no, 
but then if, you know, if it's okay through the rest of it. But then I think, like, they kind of didn't do right by Hale for most mm-hmm. of the series. So, Agreed. for me, it's like he's kind of this ongoing failure where you're just like, and it's like his, the actor is great. The dialogue oh, they the give him is great. So like every His powers part, are so cool. He's like, really he's cool. He's so cool. And he's, like, from an old family of magical people or fae, I guess. <laughs> that would make sense because it's a show about fae. And I, I just am, like, there's so much underexplored, you know, we get to meet his sister but only for a hot second and she's right. sort of vilified which seems wildly unnecessary you know but I liked the tension with his parents that he's like I want to be myself and they're like no you got to be us and but yeah none of it ever comes to anything yeah yeah he's kind of like he was like the Matt Donovan of the series oh my <laughs> god that's too true I don't know. He's like, he's sort of treated worse than Matt, but like, yeah, like Sarah said, he's, it's an ongoing issue. It's from, it's, it's a problem from jump and it never really quite gets resolved. Like, and like you said, they, it looks like they try to take steps to resolve it, but not, not in any real concrete ways. And part of that is, I think, Part of that is that I think it's it's absolutely just on them and, and having a bias that they don't realize. Um, and then I think another part of that is it's the bow show. Like, and that's that's where you always sort of, I think, run into trouble with these sorts of shows. Um, is that when you... Uh, when you make it, like, is about this character if you have someone that is that far away from the main character in the way that Hale is because he's Dyson's friend right he um unless you really find a way to make him integral within like the big um arcs of the season which they don't really do well in the first place like Lost Girl isn't good at like doing big arcs and sustaining them throughout the season uh, in making it all count to like character and plot, it, it gets lost fairly quickly um, and muddled. So, so that didn't help either. Yeah, I agree with that. So, how do we feel about season four? Good, bad, or basic? I don't like. I I don't think it's good. I'm gonna it's so go uneven. And say it's bad. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's not even. Ba- it's like basic minus. If I'm being kind. <laughs> I'd say it's bad. Yeah. I'd say it's bad I, with like a streak of good, and Lefeo Epoch is very good. Kind of the same. Yeah, it's hard to give it a full pass because it has so many moments that I think sucked. <laughs> like, there was just enough of it to be like, you know, this is going to have to go, I think, basic minus for me as well. I'm going to be real with you. I don't think this season is as bad as season three. I have mm-hmm. very strong feelings about season three. And I think that transphobia episode really did yeah. a number on me. Um, I gave the last season a basic. I'm going to give it like, um, I'll give this one a good-ish. I'll right. give this one a good-ish. Yeah. I think Um, we were just on, like, such a long streak of episodes that I was kind of bummed out by that made me be like, this season is worse. But if I, like, objectively compared them, I'd probably feel about the same way. Yeah, season three didn't know what the hell it wanted to be. And that was my biggest grievance with it. (laughs) That's very uh, real. But, I mean, I think we can all agree that the first two seasons hit a lot harder than... Oh, yeah. 
these two. Um, so let's jump into that very final season, season Re- five of Lost one, Girl, one which thing is the longest. Real quick. Oh, Can I do one thing ahead. real quick? It's just yeah. that I have noticed people who have stopped watching the series, they fall off in either season three or season four. This is like, it's a weird space where these two seasons just get messy. It's like they got... They were so successful. They're like, ooh, let's let's get out of our lane. Let's overreach. <laughs> like, and it's like, no, no, no. You did something well, which they recapture, I think, again, like I said, in Lafayette book. But it, yeah, I that's just like an observation. Like my partner hasn't gotten past season, like middle of season three. I've seen a couple people online be like, oh, I, I stopped after season three. I stopped like right after the first couple episodes of season four. So I think it's I think it's like, yeah, we're not alone in this estimation. <laughs> I wish that people would just learn to replicate um, successful formulas rather than try something new. Like, um, perfect example of this, Aaron Sorkin. We talked about him. He's a creator and the writer for um, The West Wing. The West Wing wasn't my cup of tea. However, writing political drama that is geared towards, um, you know, middle-aged, upper-middle-class, cis-het, white people is his lane, it's his bag, and he flourishes in that domain. He knows what works for him, and he replicates the winning formula. Be like Aaron. (laughs) Do what works for you and do it well. Do it repeatedly. Stop trying to (laughs) overreach and do things that you have no understanding of. (laughs) Right. I, I agree. I'm a big believer of, like, and I think I, I already said it, but like, don't like find a show that does what you, that you want to do or that that's already done the thing and was successful and just do what they did. Like, and tailor it to your own specifications of what you're trying to do. Like, don't try to reinvent this wheel. Like, don't, don't do it. Why? Why are you doing that? Don't. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Sorry, um, you could just, and make something yeah. grow. <laughs> you could just do a super freaking queer Buffy. <laughs> which is what Lost Girl is in many oh, ways with older characters who are not punished for their sexuality and we will just nom that right up, you know, <laughs> which we did for two seasons. We're like, mm. Right, which is like right. what they did. I hate it. Hate and I love these, you know, auxiliary characters, and I love these one-off episodes, and it was very, very cute and very, very nice. I think the only show that managed to switch up their style and go from, like, one-offs to, like, um, issues that, 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 that spanned an entire season and do it well without making us, like, disengage with the characters was Charmed. Um, I think Charm did this really, really well, but they also did it very, very delicately. Um, I don't think they threw too much at us too soon or too fast. Well, Charm was also, I think, Charm was so self-contained. Like, and they, like, Charm was, like, almost a soap opera. I mean, I guess it is a soap opera. It but was, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could come in any season, any episode of Charmed and pretty much figure out what was going on. Like, you don't really, you yeah. didn't really need to be watching the whole show. And I'm that- not going to lie. I love that. I fucking love that. That's why I watched soap operas as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, because all the, all the stories are sort of self-contained in that way, um, which was great. Uh, I don't know if now that function would work only because we watch TV so differently now. <sighs> like... Charmed is perfect for like what it was when it was happening, but now the way people watch TV is just so different. This last season, let's just go part one, part two, season five. 
Season um, sixteen episodes. Um, yeah, there was. It's designated as part one and part two. Um, right. They also you, have to. Do you want me to break it down? I, I love yeah, this season I, so fucking much. Yeah. I, okay, so this is the season that posits that the Greek gods are real, and. In this season, as Bo goes to hell to find Kenzie, as you said, she gets into the hell elevator and gets dropped to the bottom floor, kind of, so to speak, ends up in this maze, this labyrinth, runs into Persephone, I believe, who's like, I'm only, you know, I didn't want to be here, but the devil got me. And she's like, the what now? And she's like, you know, Hades. And she's like, the who now? And she's like, you know, Hades. And then Bo's like, I'm out. And she leaves. But then turns out Hades is real. Hades is Bo's dad. He's a psycho awful human rapist monster who who took her mom put her in a cage impregnated her made her give birth was going to keep Bo. the mom broke out of the prison gave Bo away i i swear i love this shit and and they set that up in the first uh first season they talk about how the midwife was running away and hiding in like that story about the dad and the kid who like the kid isn't a fae but the dad's a fae uh from like i think i think it's episode three from season one so then Bo is like what my dad is the devil what the gods real runs into hercules fights hera fights zeus comes back meets uh dyson's son mark <laughs> he has shows up those. randomly <laughs> showing up just randomly uh, <laughs> mark is the dawn right conceived. it wouldn't be it'd be weird if he hadn't conceived at least one kid in all these thousands of years wouldn't exactly, it exactly exactly <laughs> And well, yeah, uh, like I said, exactly like Mori, you guys. Mori plus it's, it's exactly like Mori. And <laughs> Vex, like, and Mark have a thing, but Mark is like also has a thing with uh Hera's daughter. I don't know if she's Aphrodite, is she Venus? I don't remember. But she's like one of the goddesses, but she's like out of control. Um <laughs> yeah. Or she's maybe Pandora. Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Uh, yeah. So it's like a lot of like trying to do these like big gods things and like with with the dad. And then like we meet the dad and he's played by like that great character actor, Eric. Uh, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Eric Roberts, who like destroys the roles. Like very good in this um and then you know and then it's like daddy wants me to be naughty and mean to the humans because i can possess them daddy shall i do that and daddy's like yes darling you shall and then she's like surprise <laughs> daddy surprise daddy you don't own me i am my own woman but i will possess everyone just the same but we're gonna fight you daddy and that's pretty much the ending yeah. Okay, first of all, I love Essie's recaps. Like I would I would pay to listen to that. Um and secondly, where was this energy back in season three? We needed like, this back then. Like Essie like yeah. is recounting it really well. It does not play out like that. No, like really visual, like when you're watching it. It it's it's a mess when you're watching it. Like oh, no, that's I mean, why I'm really I... impressed. <laughs> But I understand that. I understand that, and I vibe with that. And I wa- and, and this is why, like, I could barely string this se- this season together. But what I'm saying is, take these concepts and give it the the care and attention that you did all the garbage that we saw in season three. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I think they kept they they kept being like uh like let's just kick this down the road. You know, like we'll just Yeah, we'll like with, let's just kick We'll this deal with down the dad the thing next season. We'll deal with the dad thing next season. We'll deal with the dad thing next season. You know, and it's like that's not And then they got like canceled. And like they, exactly. then they got canceled and then it's like, oh <laughs> shit, I guess we have to resolve it. But then and then but then the end is like it's a cliffhanger. It doesn't wrap like it doesn't wrap oh, right. up with them. Because the thing that happened to Saskia slash Afa, her mother, happens uh-huh. to Tamsin. So oh, when Tamsin see. thinks that she oh, and Bo are gonna get back together and she goes to Bo's house and Bo's like, I love you baby and she's like, oh my God, it's finally happening. They do it. Turns out wasn't Bo. It was Hades himself pretending to be Bo, so it was rape. Uh, See, I gets, literally never got that, and I swear yep. to God, I've watched this thing three times. I, I believe you. It's not. It's. Uh, I've had to spend a lot of time noodling on it. So then Tamsin gets put in a prison in hell, and to to do exactly what Saskia had to, to like give birth to like the child that will help him take over the planet. Because if you can't have a succubus Hades hybrid, you can have a Valkyrie Hades hybrid, and that's pretty damn good because they can also control people with their intimidation. So I then, swear to God, I never got that because yeah. like I remember like Tamsin and Bo hugging up, and then Bo was like, "Girl, like, what are you talking about?" And I was being like, and I remember thinking like. Damn, Bo, that's ice cold. Like, ice you did cold. not have to do her like that. <laughs> like, the, so that's what, oh my God. Like, my world is finally illuminated because I swear to God, I, I, you don't know how many times I've watched this. <laughs> not only, like, in the past, but, like, in the past couple of weeks, I'm like, What's happening? <laughs> yeah, they didn't do the best yeah. visual storytelling, I would say, in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, so then that's the baby. That's the kid at the end. So it's oh. it, it's both Bo's, it's Bo's ex-girlfriend's child and Bo's dad's child. So it's her sibling. Bo and uh, Lauren get married at the end, or they're engaged at the end, and they're raising the Valkyrie child. But Valkyrie children age differently than other fair human children and so she jumps to being a teenager and that's the person at the end that that they're like she's who we have to fear because she's just like Bo like Bo was the person to be feared for most of the season because of her very intense powers this is the next generation of to be feared I feel like I just learned like the secret to life because I like I was like what's happening what's i I've watched this season so many times that I never, I just did not, I was like, what's happening? Somebody explain. (laughs) Like, and now I finally explain it. I feel like whole, I don't feel whole, (laughs) but I feel like, I finally feel like I understand. And like, I, cause I hate not understanding things and I finally understand it. That makes me so happy. Oh my God. It's uh, it's interesting to me because, like, I'm a big Greek mythology nut. I I was really heavy into Greek and Roman mythology going up, and it's interesting to me how much rape culture plays a role in these narratives. Like, so of the three brothers, um, that were like the children of the sons of Kronos, um, you had Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon. Poseidon was literally the only one not out here like tricking and raping women. Yeah, pretty much. And, and Poseidon, Poseidon wasn't exactly good. He just was he like, wasn't. I think Poseidon had ADHD, to be honest. Because, like, Poseidon's like, oh, Aphrodite, you're going to be my boo. I'm going to get you. I'm going to create something beautiful for you. Then he creates horses. And then he's like, I'm going to go play with my horses. 
Pretty much, I yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the 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 ending of Lost Girl, like I understood what was going on. I understood that it was like Hades with Tamsin, like pretending to be Bo. But I, I I think the reason why I dislike it so much is because it said it was clearly trying to set us up for like like you said that new generation, but like that was where did that what what happened to it? Like that sh- it, it should have been a spinoff, but it never came to fruition. Yeah, why? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Crazy. I and wanted to spin that, off like, for Tamsin old girl. Tamsin has to die because, like, Tamsin... I hate that part of, like, the, the, you know, the Valkyrie mythology. They're like, oh, here's a new rule. <laughs> if you give birth, you die. And it's like, Pfft. I don't love that. But, uh, yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I get why y'all don't like it. I kind of love it. I love this season. I feel like it's just a mess. And it, like, has a lot of very attractive people, like, being cute or trying to have sex with each other, which is what mostly what I'm looking for in television. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, going in. <laughs> I prefer season I five to it. season three and four. I'm, I much prefer to season three and four, but you got to get through seasons three and four first, which is why I said I wanted yeah. this season to have the sort of care and love and attention that they gave to the incredibly problematic season three. <laughs> um, and I think they just dragged out this whole who's her daddy element off for way too long. Yeah, it did feel like I, 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 that I would agree with, like out of the gate, because that felt like such an important component of season one and even season two, right? Like, there's this like real impetus to figure out her parentage because she's she's scary, powerful, and she doesn't know if she's supposed to be light or dark fae, you know? And then and then she becomes dark fae, and then then they just like lose. It's it, it's like they just forget that what they're doing. And it's like, no, if you tackled this earlier, like or at least laid the found work so that in season five, what you're doing is just dealing with the dad. We'd have so much more of a sense of resonance. There is one now because it does bring together things from season one, but you're right. Like you slog through these two seasons where you're like, literally what's happening. Why? What? I mean, and this is something I think we talk about a lot, but we talk about how sometimes people storytellers will, will wait too long to tackle certain stories. And that, I guess hearing all of it now and, like, understanding it and, like, making sense of, like, now what I was watching that I wasn't getting, um, this seems like one of those times. Like, um, Mm -hmm. in that you, this seems like something they should have handled in, like, season three, uh, ending of season two the latest. And it's, and I think it's always sooner than what you, than, than what you expect. It's. I don't want to bring up the good wife, but I'm going to bring up the good wife. Um, Girl, go ahead. We know you would. I knew it. <laughs> it's just such, like because it's paced so well. I can't help. I it agree with that. People I fully are so agree good with at that. It. Like they don't let this Will thing just sit for a whole season. Will and Alicia hook up by the end of season two, like right. which feel which in my mind is like oh that's actually really soon. Because like you think they would make that wait longer till e- till at least season three they don't end of season two but even then like they they're planting those romantic seeds from season one like so right. that it just um, I mean they kiss like they have that their big like sort of romantic kiss like episode seventeen like it's there like um and it's it's going and it and it goes. And it's going and it goes and it goes and it goes until the culmination of it. It's like, and I think Lost Girl just did the same thing. That daddy plotline needed to probably be like 
mid season two is mm-hmm. when they're really starting to go for it. So then beginning of season three, end of season two, beginning of season three, we're like, we're going to pow. They're going to power through it. Right. Yeah. Instead we get Garuda. We get dawning. We get, Garuda, we get season four, which I don't even, we kill Who knows what that a couple was about. characters. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, I, I'm actually right there with you. I think too, it's a mistake writers make. I, I agree of like, uh, uh, this is my payoff. And it's like, no, actually, like, if you if you take us there, then the payoff is her grappling with this identity. You know, like, you can do that for a very long time. We can know who daddy is and not have a daddy showdown for a very long time. It could be hard to find him. It could be, oh, my gosh, now we have to learn about all this Greek bull, you know, whatever it is. Instead, they shoehorn that all in at this, you know, this 16 episodes at the end, which I think cover years of time in, like, in the narrative time. And you're like, right. what? 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 Like, what? season one was, like, three months. Like, what is happening? Right. Because, like, right. in... And you know this, Essie, as, like, someone who's, like, a writer and you teach writing, teach creative writing. Like, I'm a big – I think these days my mind is, like, very about, like, pacing and, like, how something is paced out. Like, I'm very psycho about it because I feel like there are so many – I think the thing that that I'm always observing is, like, as a writer myself and, like, I'm still learning how to write in a lot – like I'm always you. You're always learning how to write. I think that's yeah, like a for life. <laughs> for life. But like, um, that's always the something in my mind of like, um, I think people always have great ideas or like the the ideas will come, but it's the pacing that gets you. Like that's absolutely so. Well, and, and I think pacing is one of those things that's really hard because if you're a viewer or a reader and the pacing is good, you probably won't even notice. But if the pacing is bad, it's glaring. You're like, right. this feels disjointed and chunky and and it feels like I'm on a roller coaster, but not in like the good way. And they're like, clunk, one that's breaking, right? Where you're like, I'm not into this. This isn't working for me. And yeah, that's actually a great insight into like the pacing in Lost Girl is what feels so messy and again it, it's they, they try to get these like they're trying for something that I think is a noble pursuit right to really give someone a sense of resonance over a series they're trying to up the stakes they're trying to make you feel a bunch of things but damn it if I don't even remember what the Garuda is you know like yeah. is it a dragon is it a man is it a sword I don't know and that's not I think my issue I think my whole issue with the whole Bo and her daddy plot and how it dragged on um, is that, you know, I think you said earlier, Essie, that this is the Bo show. And having this constant um, importance put on her father and have it in it always be on in the back of our minds kind of took the focus off her, I feel, in a negative way. Because then when the father figure is introduced, he kind of hijacks the show, if that makes sense. <sighs> That 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 really resonates with me. That's like I feel that makes it. a lot of sense. Well, because you also like you know they, they do an they make an interesting choice whether or not I agree with that. I haven't I haven't quite puzzled out, but they they also fake out the viewer, right? So they fake out all of Bo's friends. They fake out the viewer and make us think like Bo's gone dark. Like they we really think she's on daddy's team you know and uh, i don't know then it's like really the dad show you know because it's like not even really bow anymore so that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good point i think that's a really important piece to think about with when we think about where did lost girl get lost <laughs> right we along the because then it's like if you do the double agent thing 
it can't it can't go on for too long you know what I mean mm-hmm. like right. um to bring up Angel I guess when Angel goes dark in in the back half in season five um when it looks like Angel has is like when he's just given up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be evil. I know I have a soul. Fuck it. I'm going to be evil. I'm going to buy into this Wolfram Heart thing and I'm going to go. Um, that happens like for three episodes at the most till right. the series finale, right? Yeah. And not even the series, finale. it's like the penultimate episode is when at the end of the penultimate episode to the series finale, Angel like guts the whole everybody at the senior partner table, right? He just slashes everybody's heads off, which then triggers the big battle. Like, it doesn't... It, they don't really let that go on for too long. Right. You can only let it go on for so long before it's no longer subterfuge. Like, you've just... You've literally changed a character in the audience's eyes. So, you, you're, you're, you're creating a detachment, whether they're aware of it or not. They created a detachment between the audience and Bo. That's that's good. That's good analysis. I'm like I'm a, I'm I'm enjoying listening to these little pieces. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I feel like oh, I'm like listening to an episode now of y'all, <laughs> which is always what I'm yeah. like. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling a little lost. I'm like, okay, so she's evil now. Where do we go from here? Exactly. Right. And in 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 and and to me, like I remember, it felt late because usually there's always like that season and like or that's like a choice uh like it happened like that's a that's a genre convention of like you have your main character like go bad for a season they can do that that happens um it never really happened in Buffy it's more like she was just depressed for a whole season but like um that's as dark as Buffy ever got but uh like Phoebe, like Phoebe and Charmed. You guys you you all loved that dark period, right? Listen, love yeah, dark that was Phoebe. A good but even then, Dark Phoebe could have been gone dressing on for better. longer. Dark Phoebe was even dressing better. She had the looks. <laughs> I the also tight. I also really love Dark Lana Lang when we get to it. Um Aww, Dark Lana. Listen, I, mean, I, I still wanted. I still never really believed Lana was fully dark. I still wanted to be like, girl, no, come, I thought come that out was the sleepover. A- Let's paint our nails. <laughs> I thought that was such an improvement. Like when Lana <laughs> goes evil, I was like, yes, like this. Is, it was an improvement on the character. I was like, this is it for her. <laughs> like this is what she should do <laughs> for the rest of her. This is it. Like no, um, maybe I'll feel differently <laughs> when I really like get into I examining love- it. I love, 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 love Dark Styles on Teen Wolf. That was some of Dylan O'Brien's best acting. Uh, but um, but I don't know. That's that's things to think about. But season five for me is not good. What about you guys? Um, I mean, okay, so this season was basic, but in the way that I like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. It's like the perfect kind of basic for me. <laughs> Right, like it's not bad basic like seasons three and four. Like it's actually like okay, I mess I really mess with this level of basic. And I thought that if I think if this had been their season three, they would have gotten more than five seasons. Yep. They would have they would have made it. That's fair. Cause like, you know, as he said, a lot of people fell off seasons three and four, and I don't blame them. I don't blame any of you. 
you can't it's it's like oh my gosh i'm just it's all I'm making all these connections it's like the what we were saying about the garuda and the dawning where they just say the word a bunch and then are like doesn't that make you feel tension and you're like no it makes me feel confused that's like how i feel about the dad for like from season two on, they're just like dad, 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 and you're like, I that that word no longer has any meaning for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what it is? You can't just say a scary thing. You have to like show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what did I say? You, you can't just say a scary thing. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's a great point. <laughs> you, but you can't. You have to show why the thing is scary. Like that's that's really real when you think about it. Like, um, hashtag Candyman. Exactly. You have to show why it's really really scary because it's like you know, Giles is like, oh, Angelus was the most scary vampire to ever be scary, and it's like, okay, that's cool. But then like, oh shit, like that oh was crazy. God, like you know what I mean. When he kills Jenny Calendar, you're just like, what the hell is, the hell is happening? That like, was so unnecessary. Jesus Christ. <gasps> you know, you know, it's, I feel like that rode, ju- it, it really rode the line, but it really did hammer home that like Angelus is like fucking dangerous. Like, yeah, why couldn't scary. he kill Xander though? I'd rather he killed Xander. <laughs> <laughs> because Xander doesn't matter. He's trying to inflict pain. That's pain. what I'm saying. He's trying to inflict pain. Like, <laughs> And but that's when I got it. Like, but like the Jenny, Cal- like that's such a good example though. Cause like the Jenny calendar, when he kills it, that's when like I really, really got it. Like as if you were the like, Oh, like, like girl, like you might have to, you, I don't know what you're going to do, Buffy. Like, I don't know what you finna do. Yeah, girl. Like, you can't damn. talk him back from that line. Like this man, it, he's I, what I love about that, that, that Angelus moment too is like he's mad at her for making him feel human, right? Like that's that's the thing, and so he's like, "I shall take everything from you." And then Very like, scary. And it's just like, and he, and it's so sadistic. Like it's because it's one thing to just kill her. Like it's one thing to just kill her, and you know, like it, it would, it would have been horrifying if like everyone goes to school the next day and her body is just like there in the school and she's dead. Right. I forgot he posed it. Oh my God. It's another whole fucking level of like, that's what fucked me up. And that's, but that's why it's perfect though. And like, cause it really fucked me up. Like it's a whole nother level to like, to know and like to use angels memories of like other people of Buffy's, like of the people in Buffy's lives to then like make it even more sadistic. Like, so you, buy champagne and you put it in and you go into and you put her body in Giles's bed and then you put and you like put on romantic music and Giles thinks like oh like she forgives me we're getting back together I'm I'm about to like hit it like it's about to go down like right because Giles even like takes off his glasses and he like you know, oh yeah, he thinks it's forth. date night. Yeah, he thinks, it's a, he thinks it's about to go down. Like, and then her body is just in his, and she's dead. Like, and he, she's dead. Like, in oh my god, that fucked me up. That's when I like. That's when I bought all the press. That's when I. But like, and that's when you as a viewer buy the press, right? You buy mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course he drove Drusilla crazy. Like, did you like? Have you did you see what he did to Giles? Like yeah. in that, and he did that prolonged to someone else. You better believe she's crazy as hell. Like, 
And like, then you believe his threat, right? Like, I'm going to take away everything from the Slayer. And you're like, who's next? He's going to go for Willow. He's going to go for Giles. Like you said, Xander doesn't matter. So he's not going to go for him. Yeah, nobody cares about him. But like, I think think what really fucked me up was that one scene where he comes to Buffy's house with his friends. And and then like, he can't get in because she's changed the locks. And like, He's, his face is like on that threshold or right in front of the threshold and he's snarling at her and she's looking at him and she's standing her ground, but like her body is like radiating terror. And I'm like, damn, damn. Is this what it's come to? We're changing the locks. We're like, this is basically like her version of a restraining order, right? Yes. Yes. And oh, and then he kills Willow's fish. Yo, it's wild. Like that's so unnecessary. unnecessary. (laughs) I forgot about the fish. Oh my god, he's so out of control. He's he's completely out of control. Like it's not just it's it's the small psychological horrors. Like I like yo, like I really give it to them for that because they did it. Like because that part is what really. It's that's the part that really starts to fuck you up. You're like, and, damn. And what if we saw Daddy do that to Bo? Right. Right. Like, like what if we saw that. Daddy in season three? And maybe it's just like, you know, I, I one of the things I do like about Buffy is the way that the first evil shows up for an episode and then comes back and is the big bad at the end. I really enjoyed that. And I feel like they could have almost done that with the dad, like have an initial grappling with him in season three and then come back and do something similar to season five later. But, you know, right. like d- deal with it enough so that we're engaged and we care who daddy is. We're not just like, daddy, oh, I'm so afraid, you know? Like, Yeah, they needed to show why Hades was so scary. Like, I can't just like, you know, press is just press. Like, like, show me why he's really scary. Like, show me why he's really terrifying. And I don't know, like, I don't, and I think they tried uh, with, you know, the sort of like when they have him like possess Bo and stuff and when they, and she, you know, feeds on people and that's sort of his influence from afar, but it, it wasn't scary enough to like dictate this sort of big, big sort of ending. You know what I mean? Right. And we were yeah, never convinced that- Bo was going to go dark until the last season, right? Like when she's when she first cheese sucks a group of people, we're not like, oh no, this is the end for Bo. We're like, yeah, she'll come back around. Like you know, she's going to be okay. She's going to be fine, right? It's um, it's it's that part, and they needed to they needed to do something with that. I don't know. Well, we don't well, get a show about daddy either, so you know. so it, it is what it is. But Lost Girl did a lot of cool things. Um, it did, it did a lot of cool things. It was cool for what it was. I feel like I'd be interested in seeing someone else, like, take a whack at this concept. Agreed. Um, uh, not, like, not like a reboot, but just like a similar concept, like, and, and try it again. Cause I think there's still more there. I think there's more potential there. And I, think I think it's undeniable that it was important as a piece of queer media, right? Like this right. is a a character who in many ways her bisexuality is her superpower, right? Like she can feed off of anybody and like that's a that's pretty cool to treat 
a a female character's sexuality as a source of power, as a source of understanding, you know, it makes her a better person when she can get laid more, not a worse mm-hmm. person. So I think it, yeah, yeah, it has some concepts that are super powerful. It has, it did some groundbreaking work that, you know, needed to be done. And like, yeah, it'd be nice to see someone execute a similar concept, maybe a lot better. I think season five is good, um, but I, you all were talking about how it felt like it it like let the dad plotline go on for a really long time, which I do think is true. But then also I think that there was a lot of parts of the last season that felt super rushed, and it seemed like they definitely yeah, thought that there was going to be another season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like they're kind of trying to like – it's like they they're so leisurely about it. It's like it's rushed and takes forever at the same time, which is always a weird space to exist in. And some shows do it. It, it happens a lot whenever, you know, the axe comes down on a show like mid season or like mid plan or something like that. So I'm assuming that that's just what happened here. Like, I think that everybody was probably waiting to have a season six for it or thinking mm-hmm. that they were going to have a season six. And then it was like, oh, we have to wrap up every single thing. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and like, also, we introduced our own Don in the form of Mark, <laughs> you know? Like, so it's like all of a sudden they have his plot lines mm. to deal with, too. Um, we don't have Hale. We don't have Kinsey, but we have Mark, you know? Like, it's, who invited it's Mark? such an insult. Why is he here? <laughs> well, like, who invited Mark, though? Yeah, nobody invited Mark, really. Um, and he's like an okay character. He's fine. But like, it's also just like, now he's here, you know, we just have so many things to wrap up. And uh, I mean, I liked how Lauren's story went. I enjoyed the fact that her and Bo ended up together. I didn't like that that cost us the other <laughs> character that we all really liked. Um, and I, you know, just basically that like, you know, unfortunately, like we have a whole Valkyrie who almost who got to do some stuff, but who didn't, we didn't see the full extent of her for, in my opinion. Um, and then of course, you know, like Dyson kind of just like steps back as a plot device for the most part. And there was just like a lot where it was kind of, um, yeah, people just moving around action figures in this way of just being kind of like, all right, now these ones are over here. So now we have to resolve over here. And, to me, it did feel like it was kind of rushed and all of that. Um, I do think it was better than three and four, of course. Um, so there is kind of that midpoint. And then when it starts to come back, it was like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm here for this. So in the way that I called the last season, um, or like I believe somebody else called and I agreed it was basic minus, I would call this one like basic plus. Like I think that it was <laughs> good-ish, you know, like there were things I didn't like. I didn't always appreciate the pacing. And I do think that that was a consistent issue with the series but uh other than that i mean i thought that it was way more entertaining i could kind of like relax a little bit more um i was bummed you know about certain parts of it definitely like i didn't like the valkyrie dying and especially from like oh you got pregnant like that's that's problematic in and of itself right but um <laughs> you know, for a season that introduced um, a Don and like <laughs> did all of this other stuff, I think that it it did okay. Like it it kind of held itself together.
And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the last three seasons of Lost Girl good, bad, basic, and spellbinding. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron in our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Lost Girl Spotify playlist if you haven't already. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be continuing our Supernatural season with a review of Marvel's Runaways. If you'd like to catch up on this series before then, Marvel's Runaways is a Hulu original and it will be streaming on that platform for the foreseeable future. And it's also available on Disney+. Plus. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at the Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all episodes are released first. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Be sure to follow Bitches on Comics online at Bitches on Comics on Twitter and Instagram, as well as their official website, bitchesoncomics.com. Until next time, bye everyone. Bye. Bye.